Welcome to the Crafty Ass Female Podcast, an audio show that talks about the resourceful ways we women are living our lives and the crafty projects we create in between. We are your hosts, Amanda Zampelli and Kristen Tweedale, and we believe you are a capable badass who already has all the tools you need to make beautiful things and make beautiful things happen. We're just here to remind you. Hi, Amanda. Hi, Kristen. Let's talk about some organization today. Well, happy March. First Monday in March. Yeah. Perfect happy, time. <laughs> happy Women's History Month. Oh, yay. And six days away from daylight savings beginning and functioning on summertime. Oh, my God. Raise the Extra roof. <laughs> hour of daylight. It's my favorite day. One of my favorite days of the year. <laughs> when, never, when the clocks are like, come on, let's have summer. And I'm like, all right. Yes, <laughs> I've been waiting please. for you. <laughs> Yeah, totally. But yeah, so I'm really excited about today's topic. Yeah, me too. It's Um, a little offbeat, I think, for a podcast topic, yet I think kind of perfect because people usually listen to podcasts when they clean and yeah, and if daylight savings and being on summertime and thinking of windows open and all that good stuff doesn't inspire you to dust, I don't know what would. Yeah, I was writing an email last night for one of our episodes, and one of the things that I wrote about uh, what I've learned so far about us doing this podcast is we are having so many of the same conversations. All of us, all of our listeners mm-hmm. and all of uh, all of these crafty-ass females out there are having so many of the same conversations in our heads, mm-hmm. and us having these conversations together out loud is just like mind-blowing yeah i agree um and so like let's talk about cleaning and organizing and how it is like essential to being like the best creative and crafty person you can be for sure it has an enormous positive effect on your mental health oh my god which is what i've been needing lately (laughs) this winter has been pounding me but yeah so i did research and it said spring cleaning attributes to improved mood, decreased stress, heightened creativity, and I mean, duh, is the natural reaction. But, you know, sometimes you you look around and you see clutter and you see dust and you think, all right, it's just clutter and dust and you feel like you could deal with it. But I think that it's like an insidious effect that you don't necessarily... Yeah. That it doesn't hit you right away that that could be playing a role. There's like... Like somebody lurking over your shoulder and like they're a thousand feet away and then they're like a hundred feet away and then they're like, you know, right on top of you. Yeah. And I feel that's how like clutter is. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. You know, sometimes you don't notice it, you know, you know, you're just going about your day, you know, you'll get to it later. And then all of a sudden it's like, an this issue stuff, you just have to address. <laughs> right. It needs to be taken care of immediately or like uh, just you need to hit the panic button on the wall because like red alert. Mm-hmm. And like it sounds, you know, it sounds a little bit dramatic, but dust can be dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now, so I have an apart. I live in an apartment, one bedroom. I call, since I've lived here almost three years now, I call 
the full corner to corner, top to bottom clean of my apartment, the big clean. And I usually do one every year around springtime. Um, although I'll kind of upkeep it and maintenance it. And, you know, by the time Christmas comes around, I do a semi big clean again to prep for the decorations and stuff. But I mean, you have a house, so <laughs> it's right. a little different. Yeah, yeah. We, ha we have a house here in Michigan. Um, it's a three bedroom house. And I have uh, my big uh, media room, which is half my studio and half our giant TV video game couch area where we watch movies. Um, and until we moved out to Michigan, I also lived in one bedroom apartments and uh, whatnot after I moved out of my parents' house when I turned 18 slash went to college and whatnot. Um, but having a house is different. Especially when, um, you know, it's just me and Jeff in a three-bedroom apartment. You have, you know, a guest room that you can just throw shit into um, until you have guests come over. And then it's like, oh, my God, I need to, like, not look like a crazy person. <laughs> oh, just person. move that pile. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then we have an office, which is uh, – right now what I'm – which I'll get into in a little bit uh, – between my studio and my office right now, they're both a disaster because I am converting between the two of them, trying to figure out, you know, what goes here, what goes there. Um, I'm in the middle of changing around a bunch of my projects, changing around a bunch of the way I uh, distribute content to my listeners, to my readers, to my watchers. Now that we do, mm -hmm. uh, we, I act like I'm like multiple people. <laughs> well, I, you know, it's me and you on the podcast. Yeah, Jeff yeah. does a lot of my video editing. I've right. got some ladies. We have uh, a team and have a bunch of people doing content. Um, so there is a we, it's, you know, the proverbial. Yeah. The collective amount of people community. in your life that make things happen. Yeah. Right. Um, making a huge move towards video. And uh, in my studio, I have amazing natural light and it's awesome, but it is uh, totally unpredictable. And so now uh, in the winter we have, right now we have like two feet of snow outside and it's a gorgeous sunny day outside, but it is insanely glaring and I can't possibly shoot video because you can't see anything. Mm -hmm. um, and when it's not insanely glaring, there is no sun at all. And so shooting video for six months out of the year in my studio is completely impossible. So I'm gonna move all of the video shooting, the video editing, and uh, our podcast recording, because as you know, but our listeners don't know, uh, the internet on my computer here sucks. And um, <laughs> we have to stop recording a couple times. Well, we don't stop recording. We just stop our video chats a couple times because my internet sucks and goes out. So you all just that become stuff, completely frozen. <laughs> yeah, I just stop and freeze in time. And then I just start talking to myself and I feel really awkward. Um, so all that stuff's going to get moved into the office and I will prep for some streaming and do some videos on Twitch. And I'm really excited for all of that. But um, I need to change all of that into a usable room for like 24-7 yeah. with lighting and stuff. So right now I'm in the middle of taking all the stuff in my studio and like kind of just shoving it into the office. So that looks like a complete disaster. Yeah, I find that whenever you try to embark on like a new creative outlet and you need to figure out the space and the tools and the best spot, it always becomes 
excuse my French, a clusterfuck of like supplies and, and tape to hold this up. Like, especially when you don't have a studio space, especially when you don't have the money for fancy equipment or the right tripod. I've been known to like duct tape my phone to, you know, aerial view type thing. So it becomes this messy space until you figure out exactly what you need to do to get that medium across and then you can better organize. So I do find that if you're embarking on video or some new kind of creative thing, like even if you start painting and you never did before, like that could be a mess in and of itself that after time you need to kind of revisit and say, what's a better way for this yeah. to happen? Totally. <laughs> yeah. And like over the last year I've been experimenting and doing videos and like totally amateurish way, like here's my webcam, here's yeah. my desk. And I've been having so much fun with it. Mm -hmm. And every time we've done live videos uh, for the Awesome Ladies Project, for my Book of Me class, uh, I did a live uh, virtual book launch for my book. We had the most fun. I, one of the most fun things that I love about my job is these live interactions I have with the community. Mm -hmm. um, on our episode that came out for, uh, for Valentine's Day, we talked about how uh, internet friends are awesome because you can dive in for a little while um, and then jump out if you need to. And uh, I always kind of hesitated about being on video because it's awkward and you're live and like people can see you and like <laughs> anything can go wrong. But you get to interact with so many people and it's mm -hmm. so awesome and... Uh, it's really nice to have that community aspect and also not have to leave your house. Right. <laughs> For sure. Um, so I love video and now I've been um, really embracing the idea of just like taking the next step at each turn and setting up my office to do better video instead of just like, you know, hold up my iPhone camera or set up my webcam over my desk over here this is the next step mm -hmm. so unfortunately the next step in my video development has really hindered my cleaning ability and my organization ability and uh i'm one of those people that is constantly moving furniture around uh even when i lived in a one-bedroom apartment by myself even when i lived in my dorm mm -hmm. um constantly moving furniture around, rearranging furniture so that I could like, as I was growing and as I was changing um, projects I was working on, I wanted my surroundings to help me and not hinder yeah. me. And one of my favorite things always has been after we take down the Christmas tray, after we take down the Christmas decorations, then there's open space. And then there's places to move the furniture, and then we can change things around. Um, that hasn't happened this year for me yet. Um, right. I, have, I haven't had my January furniture rearranging. Uh, we went to Disney, then I got super sick, then I caught up on work, and now that I am trying to do this video thing and I want to get it done, like, now, right? I want to, like, start communicating better with people. I want to, like, get out there and... I know um, the process of changing the light fixtures out in the office and changing all of the furniture around in the office is things need to be made messier before they're going to get clean. 
So I'm that makes sense. Yeah. Just kind of embracing that right now. Um, I feel like things like that, like when you know you want to move furniture or you know you want to change things out or like for me, it needs to be a string of consecutive days or hours. Like I need to blast this out. This has been since I've had my own place, right? Like when I lived with my mom in the big house, it would be, we would kind of clean and I would help her in periods, right? Or like evenings or mornings on the weekend, or we would kind of blast it out as a team in different over a span of time. But being in my own space, I need it to happen in a chunk. So I'm, totally. I'm reserving the time, I'm reserving the space and I'm getting, do you feel like when you're ready to tackle all the changing in furniture, moving and stuff, you need to do it in like a, ch- a consecutive chunk of time? Yeah. Or I'm usually spread like out? when I'm like home by myself. Mm. So, uh, you know, by the time this airs, most of it will probably be done. Uh, so we're recording this the middle of February and Jeff has a conference to go to at the end of February and the beginning of March, the, that weekend that encompasses okay. both of them. And so I will have, uh, three days to myself in the house and that's when I'll do it. Mm. Um, that's like my favorite thing. So when I have like a whole day alone to myself, I will, uh, that's when I'll move the furniture. So, uh. That's what I've gotten so many times, like from, he's used to it by now, but uh, people will come over and be like, oh my God, you changed all the furniture around. And I'll be like, oh, I did? Yeah, that was like three weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> or like maybe I've changed it twice since then. Like people will come over, um, uh, like my mom used to do it all the time. And like I used to live in the same town as my mom when we, uh, like when we knew that uh, one of us was going to go to grad school and that probably meant uh, leaving New Jersey. Um we moved back to the same town that I grew up in so we could spend some time with my parents, spend some time with my grandma um, before leaving the area for good uh, for a while. Um, My mom would come over, you know, every couple of weeks or whatever. Um, Usually we'd go to her because like, why would she come to my like tiny apartment, right? Um, (laughs) And she'd be like, oh, you moved your furniture around. I'm like, mom, you know me. I do this all the time. Um, But yeah, no, that's when I'm going to move all of the furniture around. I have that like time set out. Uh, so by the time this airs, hopefully I'll have photos to show you. That would be yeah. amazing. Um, but uh, it's funny when I pitched this episode to you to do like a spring cleaning episode at the beginning of March, I assumed that I would be the one to have all of the like cleaning stuff done <laughs> and that you would be the one talking about like your actual it's coming spring, up. Yeah. It's your yeah. spring cleaning coming up. But yeah. It's, uh, it's totally reversed. So you have the one who has done the deep cleaning and I have tips for what I'm planning to do and the questions I'm asking myself uh, for, for what's coming up. So, um, tell me about your deep clean that you did. Yeah. So, I mean, it had to do, I think a lot with just the tough time I've been having this winter, just emotionally and like, you know, so, and just looking around and, Because I think it started with my Christmas um, decorations where they were up well into January. And just from how I was feeling, I was looking at them going, well, I guess you're going to be up, you know, like, and just totally 
looking at that the tree that I was so proud of and it was so pretty and I was like I, emotionally I need you tree like I'm not putting you away until I got this like weird fire under my butt like toward the end of January and cleared out all my Christmas things and it you know what it was it was the cable guy the cable guy was coming and I didn't want shit in his way so it was my motivation to like clear it out and once I did I was like oh I was like that felt good so it was like the the getting rid of it and clearing the space made me mentally feel a little clearer and then I was like okay well I got to do this so to me the best the old now in the past, when I was asking you if you do it in chunks of time, in the past, I would literally take a staycation off work for like four days at a time. I'd usually take a Thursday, Friday, and then have the Saturday, Sunday, and it would take me four days, huge deep clean, everything. And I think that's key to to, to giving yourself more than enough time to make sure it gets done. That's one. To mentally prepare yourself like, okay, at the end of this week, it's going to happen, right? Because then you you schedule other plans like grocery shopping and other errands around it. So I feel like that's also important. So to me, being in my, ever since I've been in my own space, it's been in this designated chunk of time that I know is coming up. This year, I had set a goal to spend all of Super Bowl Sunday banging out as much as I can. And part of that had to do with the This Is Us Super Bowl Sunday episode and needing to mentally prepare myself for that. I felt like that was going to take such a toll on my emotions that I wanted to open a closet and not have the mess in the closet also take an emotional toll. So that kind of was fire under my butt as well, saying you need to clear this space. You want to watch this episode in the clearest, calmest environment imaginable. So Super Bowl Sunday, was it and what I tend to do um so what normally had taken me in the past in four days I kind of squashed into one but I was like 6 30 in the morning until 7 at night so it took about 12 hours teeny little lunch break you know that kind of thing but again I have a one-bedroom apartment and it is doable um yeah so what I end up doing is I tackle the easier rooms and spaces first. So for me, it's my bedroom. My bedroom is just secluded one room. And I usually organize and dust from the highest point in the room to the lowest. So it'll like my big wardrobe will get dusted so that anything on top falls down. And then I can kind of work the dust to the floor, which then I'll then vacuum and mop. So that's how I kind of work each room. Um, Yeah. And so what I also been helping and what my boyfriend got us the O-Cedar Spin Mop. I'm going to link to it in the show notes. But it's it's this tiny little mop head which works for a one-bedroom apartment. And instead of having to wring it yourself with your hands, you put it in the thing and step on the pedal and kind of like a salad spinner, it spins the water off it. So that was like kind of fun to use. <laughs> I think that, again, we've had our supplies episode and the right tools definitely aid in the job, whatever job it is. So I'll link to that. Um, my only complaint about it is I wish the mop head was longer bristles. It's kind of like a short bristly mop head. So yeah, it made for this, you had to do probably a lot more swipes than you would have needed to do if it was a longer bristles, but I still recommend it. It's really good. Um, and then I use to clean surfaces and stuff. My mom, my mom, my mom's name is Helene and we call her the queen of clean Helene because she's just like, I tell her all the time we should start a YouTube series on you mom just of like how to clean this, how to clean that, how to, you know, so she's kind of my cleaning guru. She makes this ammonia spray that's two thirds like straight up ammonia and one third 
like rubbing alcohol, I guess. And if you spray it, you could burn your eyelashes off, but it gets the job done. I, I used to use it in my classroom when I was a teacher and germs be gone. Like that, that stuff was a miracle. So I usually use that. And then just thinking on my bedroom, like I, I did research um, on like kind of how to know what to throw out. I think that's a big um, like obstacle, right? This for when you're deep cleaning and spring cleaning, like you hold things up and don't know kind of what to throw out. So I found on this website, snappyliving.com, a link to it, but she talks about obviously the six month rule. That's nothing new, but if you haven't um, used or worn something in six months, you know, save for holiday specific items that are once a year, but, you know, kind of toss them. And I found that I, I ended up after my big clean on Super Bowl Sunday with four bags, like four giant, like utility size trash bags. And I just was like, how did this accumulate? Like in less than a year, like how did I have all this stuff? And uh, one whole bag was like pajama items that I hadn't worn since moving in the apartment. I mean, that's, yeah. So I don't know. I feel like that's a good rule. Six months, never touched it, throw it out. Like, what do you think? I don't know. I think that's pretty good. Um, so like we have a, and yeah, it's the Midwest. So we have space. Um, I have a, you know, a garage. So we have boxes of clothes and I put them in the garage. Yeah. But I don't have like, you know, five boxes of clothes in the garage. I have one box of clothes in the garage. Mm. No, that's not true. I have two boxes of clothes in the garage. I have, you know, the either it's winter clothes or it's summer clothes, and those go in and out. Um, and then I have another box of clothes that are sentimental clothes. <laughs> um, and it's like t-shirts that either are too worn out to wear mm -hmm. or t-shirt, like clothes that don't really fit, but I don't necessarily want to throw them out mm -hmm. that I like would like to have like my kids have one day or like my aunt makes these amazing uh t-shirt quilts and one day I would like to be like hey I'm, I'm, I'm secretly hoping that she'll be like hey do you guys want a t-shirt quilt for like you know your wedding or like that's amazing like that? and I'll be like yeah here are all of our t-shirts oh, um great. so I have one box of sentimental clothes and I have one box of either summer or winter clothes uh, if stuff but doesn't see like that whole sentimental thing could be an argument of why to get rid, but the fact that you a have a place for them and b have like specific reasons that you're holding on and they're out of the way. Like I feel like people pick it up and say that and then toss it and then it becomes clutter and it becomes mind blocking in their space. But like in contrary, you kind of have a plan, like a specific plan and a specific right. place. And like, all of the stuff that isn't that gets donated. How many free t-shirts do you get for like volunteering at an event or like, yeah. oh my God, we have like 15 or 20 t-shirts because Jeff worked at Trader Joe's. No one needs that many t-shirts. Mm -hmm. But like, maybe you do want the t-shirt for the concert that you saw for, you know, whatever reason. Like there are clothes that are sentimental. Like we had a whole episode about like, why do we memory keep? Mm -hmm. That's a memory that I want to keep. Mm -hmm. Um, but it doesn't need to take up room in my closet. It doesn't need right. to like take up space in my 
life right now. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I really like that six month rule. I need to go through my closet again. Um, I need to go through a lot of my things right now. Yeah. And I think like another obstacle besides just like what to throw out is storage. And like, if you don't have storage and finding the right storage, and then you think about, you know, what do you display versus what do you hide? So there's that, like, and when I'm doing the deep cleans, I always kind of reconfigure that. And for me, on like I have for a one bedroom apartment, I think I have like really good storage. So I'm lucky in that way. But yeah, like I do a lot of under the bed storage. I have like four kind of things that I slip and slide. Some being like a specific tools case, like for all the man things that I kind of don't understand and like don't know how to use. But if I have it in case like John needs it or something. Yeah. So I have one of that. I have one, one of those soft, clear ones that mm-hmm. I can just slip inside and all my purses are in there. Nice. And that's one of those things where I'm like, I probably should go through that and get rid of that because I haven't used some of those purses in six months. But I always kind of switch out for the seasons and stuff. But I have a lot of bags. Didn't realize but had a lot of bags. Um, and then one is wrapping paper and seasonal stuff. And then there's another one that's, I think, like boxes of appliances that I don't want to throw out in case I have to return. And then those get a, ref- a refresh, you know, every every time I deep clean. So under the bed is really key for me. Um, and then I have... Because I didn't have a second bedroom, which in my head looking for apartments, I needed for a craft room because that would be my office and whatever. Because I don't have that, I got the IKEA Calyx. I think it's called Calyx with a K. And that is like my standing craft room kind of shelving system. So I'll link to that. Um, But what I realized going back to that six-month rule is that Almost every, now I have the luxury of when I moved to my apartment, I still had my mom's house 15 minutes away to kind of act as storage for things I didn't mm-hmm. want to bring to the apartment. And at this point in the game, like three years into almost three years into being in this apartment, like I'm pretty confident that everything left behind in my pink craft room in my mom's house could be tossed because I really don't miss it. I really don't look for it. So that's probably something in the near future. Like if she ever wanted to use that room for something or whatever like I would probably toss most of it or keep some and toss but my Ikea Calyx again has a lot of cute I have a lot of uh, the square shelves for display items I have my disco ball in one and then I have I love that they have the pull out kind of boxes that fit so you can put as many of them or as little of them as you want to kind of hide. I have one that's full on alpha stickers. I have one that's like all the extra art supplies that I don't use every day. So that's also key too. Like when you do have an open shelving, what do you hide? What do you show? Like I think anything that you display needs to be, you know, give you that feeling of like joy, right? They say, Completely you know, make agree. sure the things. Yeah. So, but I think storage is is a key obstacle that people could have. You have to kind of get creative with how you store things. Yeah, that's um so that's the, one of the first questions I have to ask myself is like mm-hmm. one is what are you making? What do you want to be making? Mm-hmm. And what are the projects that are at the forefront of your life? Mm-hmm. And like that should be what's in front of you. Agreed. And like if you have a lot of other stuff in front of you, then you're going to get overwhelmed. And like, that's the stuff that needs to be put away. 
-hmm. And that's the stuff that needs to be, like, maybe tossed, maybe, you know... Again, that's something that that's good for a six-month rule. Mm-hmm. That, like, um, when I'm going through my things to decide uh, what I need, what I don't, what I, you know, I have this system, and it's a three-pile system. Like, say I'm going through, like, because I keep most of my stuff in bins or boxes or folders and generally sorted by, like, type of things. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, I have a stamp box. I have, uh, like, a flat embellishment box. I have a bulky Mm -hmm. embellishment box. Alpha box. Whatever. I'll grab the whole box. And I will put the big pile right, like, in front of me, on my lap, or just, like, on the desk. And I'll make three piles going forward. My first pile is... Yes, I still love this. This is totally my thing. I want this for, like, the projects that I'm working on now, this is, like, totally mine. Yes, completely go right now. Mm-hmm. Pile one. Um, pile two is, I think I want to keep this, but I don't want it to be in front of me right now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put it in an, uh, pile number two. And everything mm-hmm. in pile number two goes in those... uh 12 by 12 iris clear boxes that you can get at like Mm -hmm. a Michaels or whatever. And I go through those about every six months. Mm -hmm. And um, I find that it's really fun to go through those. And you can kind of like shop your stash. You can kind of see what's in there. Um, Sometimes it's really fun to go through and pull things from those boxes. Sometimes it's really fun to go through those boxes and be like, oh, I don't need those things anymore. Um... And then I found that once those boxes get a little bit too full, you really need to go through them and purge again. Mm-hmm. And then pile three is I think someone will use this product better than I will, or I think someone will use this project sooner, this product sooner than I will. And let me give this project product. Oh my god. I'm so sorry, everyone. <laughs> let me give this product to a better home Mm -hmm. and like when you when you ask yourself that question when you put it in terms of like i have crafty friends i know people who will use this better than i will it it puts you in a generous mood it makes giving away your crafty supplies it makes purging it makes this like better instead of like oh i need to throw this out you Mm -hmm. take the guilt and the shame out of it and you make it a more positive connotation instead of a negative connotation. Mm -hmm. And there are so many people who would be so happy to receive, like, I don't want to say you're, you're, like, you know, the things that you don't want, but it's the things that you can't put to good use right now. Right. And we all get things that we can't put to good use right now for whatever reasons, whether you get kits, whether, you know, your friend gave you a bunch of crafty supplies because, oh, you're my crafty friend. You love crafty supplies. Or, you know, you get them for your birthday because, oh, you're a crafty person. Here's crafty things that I bought. Don't feel guilty about giving something to a better home. Yeah. Um, and like, that's, that's third pile. And so like, um, we'll get into, uh, 
third pile a little bit later again on a later when I tell you about uh, my D stash boxes. Um, but I think another thing that I really want everyone to, to, to take away from today's show is like, figure out what belongs where. Yeah. Um, and I think that's one of the hardest things to do. Uh, I know I'm guilty of it. And this is why like most of my advice is like me saying this out loud. Cause I need to hear it more than anyone. Yeah. <laughs> um, like we go into it like, Oh, it's Saturday. I woke up early. I'm going to clean my room. Um, but like, you don't really have any, like a, you don't have a battle plan to, mm-hmm. to like know how you want to clean your room so that it is efficient and organized in the way that's mm-hmm. going to work best for you. And like, that's what this is all about. You want your area to be efficient for you. You want it to work for you so that like when you go, and I'm going to talk about my, my craft area most of all, like when you go to create, you want it to be the most uplifting creative space possible because like we don't have a lot of time to be creative people. And like when we get in our creative spaces, we want to be in the creative zone. So like if yeah. you can make your creative space the most like whatever Zen is for you, whatever woo is for you, whatever your creative like juju is for you, make it be that. Like mm-hmm. if it's candles and like scented spray, awesome. If it's Kanye, like it is for me, awesome. <laughs> um, like whatever makes you the best crafter in your best crafting space, that's what you're after. So like, what projects are you working on? Like if you're working on project life, is it best for you to keep your project life supplies out? Is it better for you? Like I have my album, my project life album Mm -hmm. out behind me because if Mm -hmm. I put it away, I will forget about it. I won't work on it. Mm -hmm. If I keep it out, then I know like when I get my Kelly Perky kit, I can start putting the cards in right away. Right. And for me, I keep also my memory keeping that I'm working on, like that's in progress. I do keep that out too, because as I pass it, I'm inspired or something will come up or like, I'll think, so yeah, keeping it out means it's on your mind. And as you're doing other things in that space, ideas could kind of occur and it like acts as like an inspiration still. Totally. And if you know that about yourself, And then you also know that like you kind of tend to clutter up around that. Try to alleviate those roadblocks by like putting in some organizational tools around your project life book. Like, um, do you have a place to store your cards that are right next to your album? Um, Do you have a place to store your most used pens or your tools? Uh, and, And One of the things that I really want to say, uh, and this is this is like my personal advice and my personal own thing, and it's definitely not going to work for everybody. But like, if you really love something, spend some money on it. Like, mm. not a ton of money. Like, don't go out and buy like crazy organizational things. Don't go out and spend hundreds of dollars on like insane things. But if you find like one really cute organizational thing that you like really love and you think it costs five dollars more than it should 
don't get an extra Starbucks this week and spend that $5 on the organizational tool that you love because yeah, you're going to pass it'll be by long it. Lasting. It's like yeah. a long, it's a gift that keeps on giving totally. to have a place for something and know where it goes and to declutter each time you're done using it. That is like a great creative tool. It's a great way to keep creative. Yeah. And, and if you walk by it every day and then you smile, like that $5 is worth those smiles. Yeah, I agree. And like Container Store is great for yes. that because they have almost every, like every craft supplies could fit in a container in that store that doesn't, that isn't geared for craft supplies. Like yes. I, some of my best crafting containers and organizational tools come from the kitchen section yes. of, of, of Container Store. Yes. But then on like, again, I feel like the containers you'll find in Container Store might be priced more but I think it's because of the convenience of how they're organized for your purchasing ease, I guess, right? Like, because yes. I feel like you could find, if you got creative and went to Marshalls or TJ Maxx, they also have a bunch of things, but you would have to scout a little more and be totally. on the hunt a little more. You definitely, and like, it depends so, on yeah. what you want to do with your time. Right. And that's, and it's totally up to you. Like, I hate shopping. Like I hate in-person shopping. It's yeah. my introvert thing. It's my like I don't like Yeah. Jeff's the complete opposite. Like okay, like confession time, I buy so little of my own clothes. Like I buy so little of my own clothes. <laughs> Everyone else buys clothes for me. Wow. Um it's I know, it's So yeah, uh Real talk. I don't buy my own clothes. Jeff buys a majority of my clothes. Uh, his mom and my mom and my sister and my friend Megan, they buy, I, like, literally, I don't buy my own clothes. That's funny. I, um, but How much I, of your clothes do you enjoy? Like, all, mostly all? All of them. Oh. Everyone buys oh. me really good clothes. When I buy my own clothes, I buy clothes that are will last me for a very long time and are like again confession i bought myself a pair of pants at anthropology that were not from the clearance section big, <laughs> big investment <laughs> right they're gonna last me a really long time um <laughs> and that was a present that i bought myself for uh meeting one of my membership goals of awesome lakes project and I was like, okay, what, what, what is a good present to buy myself? A single pair of pants from Anthropology that will last me a really, really, really long time. And if you love them, and they're, like they're usable, I'm going to get a lot of use out of them. They're mm -hmm. gorgeous. They're like cargo pants with like embroidery all down the side. Cute. Yeah. So I'm, that's and then that's the thing. Like, if you're the type of person that like doesn't really do a lot of spending and like that's not your thing treat yourself once in a while to something that you really love because you deserve it and like i mean i'm not saying go out and like spend money that you don't have because don't do that like that's terrible <laughs> like don't like don't do that i'm not yeah. saying you know go out and blow your entire budget on something that, you know, you can't afford. I'm saying, you know, be responsible and 
give yourself something that you really love because the things and I that feel- you really love, go ahead. No, I just feel like you could, you if you don't have the money to do that, you could be really creative. But I think the point is like, don't underestimate buying a great container. Like I yes. just feel like, or a great, like don't underestimate the power of having a place for something that you've been needing. Yes. Like splurge on the place for something. Right, and something of, that yeah. you're going to use on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. like good things that are made well, that you're going to use on a regular basis, the value that you're going to get out of that is so much more than like buying like cheap ass shit that is going to fall apart in, you know, a, cu- a couple of uses. That's a good point because I am one of those people that negotiates in my head why I don't need it. But we're, we're trying to give you permission that there are certain things that you, well, that I'm, be I'm the exact helpful. same way. I will negotiate yeah you know, 95% of the time why I don't need something. Yeah. And and I don't. I, yeah. di- I didn't need the pair of pants from Anthropology. Mm-hmm. But I worked my ass off to get to a place. And, you know, this is the things that I get this criticism. I got this criticism from, like, five people, too. Like, Kristen, <laughs> why don't you celebrate things? Why don't you, you know, treat mm-hmm. yourself to rewards? And I'm like, I did. You know, I, I like, had a donut or a can of soda I treated myself and I was like no you know what this time I really would like to get myself something nice and I walked into anthropology and thinking I would buy myself like a actually I literally thought I would walk into anthropology and buy myself a container because so many of the containers that I use for crafting are the small they're like ice cream bowls at anthropology mm-hmm. and if you want to go and buy something super reasonable at anthropology the uh they have colorful bowls um, yeah they're really pretty and they're $5 and the mini ones are $3 and they come in gorgeous colors and they change the colors every year. And if you want to like collect something, um, Jeff has been buying them for me for Christmas every year. Oh, um, cute. So I have a whole collection of them. And like, that's another thing. Look outside the box for uh, organizational tools. Look outside yeah. the box for like, look, and, and another thing, look inside your house for organizational tools. Look in your kitchen. I'm, I'm constantly going into my kitchen and being like, huh. I think I'm going to take this back to my craft room and use it there for organization instead. Um, I've been known to tape up and kind of repurpose Amazon boxes. And now again, those are not pretty, but they go in my main hall closet. That's big for all the stuff that like, I don't need out. I don't need immediately, but to have on hand and they just contain them again. Like, mm-hmm. and that's, that's the big, cause again, the whole going back to negotiating and why you don't need it because in the past at my mom's anyway, I would be like, Oh, I have a pile for this. Like, that's okay. Like I have a place for it in this pile. But Again, the power of having that pile in segments and organized and tucked and in a spot. Like, I only moving to my apartment and bringing with me the necessary things and knowing the power of that changed my kind of idea about that. I think that that's if so you true. could put piles in a in a more fluid format, that's like so much better. And like, so I kind of want to go back to what you said about like what belongs where, like just having an answer to that question and, and exploring in your space, like where you can put things and stuff is like really key for me. And I think being in my apartment, 
it's kind of like I'm living in my office workspace, right? So because we're introverts, because we work from home, then like that's another way I combat that me negotiating why I don't need it because I go, me and my sister say this all the time. We're just like, if you're not buying things for the place you are 95% of your life, like what are you buying things for? Like, and that's so true. Like I am in this space all the time, every day, most of my life. Why wouldn't I want to make it fresh and easy. So for me, so when I think about that, like what belongs where and the fact that I'm crafting in the place I'm living, that also means that my living items need to have a place. And like, so for me, when I was deep cleaning, you know, Super Bowl and really trying to think about this, I knew this episode was coming and I was really like taking mental notes about what I could say. I realized that toiletries for me were also a big challenge and needing to know where they belong was also a problem I had to solve. So for me in my one bedroom apartment, one bathroom, um, I moved in and the, and the guy that the guy who had an apartment before me was like a neat freak and he supposedly like redid the whole bathroom with like bath fitter or whatever which I love because I could literally like take a fire engine hose and top to bottom just spray the ceiling and like I, he covered everything he covered the vent like it's my my bathroom is literally just like a plastic shell that I can just like spray with a fire hose and be done but the whole thing about that is there's no storage there's nothing for anywhere so I'm like okay where will this belong? So what I did was there's like a hallway um, linen closet type of thing. And for me, with toiletries, I have a motto that's like bins for the win. Like, so I have, so when it comes to like, my nail polish has its own bin and its own compartments. Hair styling has its own bin and compartments. Hairspray, all that stuff, hair ties. Hair straightening has its own bin that I pull out. And for me, tucking them away and being able to pull them out when I need them and putting them back in this bin, like that has been game changing for me because I'm used to having it all out in the bathroom, but my bathroom now is so tiny that I couldn't. So bins for the win for toiletries, being able to take them out, tuck them in totally has worked for me. Like that's always been a challenge, toiletries. And then jewelry, same thing. Because again, like even if my craft space is clean, to have jewelry everywhere, or if I walk in a room and in my face and cluttered and dusty, like, so I got this, I think it's called the Umbra, U-M-B-R-A, Umbra Little Black Jewelry Dress. I got that at the container store, although I think it's sold at Kohl's now. I love that thing. It's in my little walk-in closet. Right when I walk in, I see it on the back wall, like, that was a game changer for me. It has all little pockets. And you, if you wanted, you could kind of hang that up in between your clothes. And it kind of disguises where you're... So I've been learning through my apartment all these little things. Again, that answers like what belongs where. And I've been finding these cute little creative ways to store. And it all ties into my creative space because I live in my creative space. So I don't know. That's just kind of storage and being creative with storage. And getting the right storage is basically the the lesson of this podcast, I think. <laughs> I think that's absolutely true. I think that's so true in that, like, especially for all of us who are, like, multi-creatives and have, like, so many, more, you know, more than one type of creative project. Mm-hmm. We're not just like, you know, here's my one scrapbook that I have and here's the, you know, 
five supplies that I have. Mm-hmm. It It's part of our lives. It's intertwined with every single way that we live. Mm-hmm. Um, and for some of us, it comes out in our makeup. Some of us have like, I don't even know how much makeup. Um, yeah. Some of us have like sewing supplies that take up rooms and rooms. Some of us have, I mean, so I have one of the, I, I mean, I have like seven calyxes because I think they're amazing. And once you buy one, yeah. you need to continue to buy more because <laughs> then you have all of the storage supplies and you can intertwine them with all of them. Yeah, I love it. Um, I have one in my kitchen and some of us are creative with cooking and like I, so I do a lot of cooking, tons of cooking. Um, and that's one of the ways that I'm super creative that I don't really share online as much. Um, but I'm thinking of changing that. I have a, an old Instagram account from my, when I did my shop on Are You Kristen? But I'm thinking of changing over to my Are You Kristen at Home, which is one of the Instagram Fun. hashtags that I've been doing. Uh, so I can do more of my gardening Instagrams. And because I feel like anytime I post my gardening Instagrams, I want to post them on my account. But then it's just a little bit off and I want to just have a whole separate You don't feel like it that. intertwines with the craftiness. It's almost like two different. Yeah, it's a little bit too different. And like it, since it's since everything changes so fast, I want to like keep up with it. And yeah. so I want to move that over to another account. Um, but like, that's another way to be creative. Like there are so many multi ways for us women to be creative that it just takes over so much of our lives. And there are so many different ways for us to, to, to organize and like stay decluttered. And I think mm-hmm. decluttered is so much better than you know well because like organized is like a a a finished point like you either are organized or you're not organized right and like to to no one's ever i feel like to try to get to the place of organization is one of those like oh well you need to climb to the top of the mountain Mm -hmm. And, mm-hmm. and if you look at the bottom and you're at the bottom of the mountain and you look at the top and like, well, I'm never going to get there. So like, why even try? Yeah. But if you try to declutter and you and get- I, Yeah. I feel like organizing is like an abstract. Right. But declutter is a- is Right. A, and you know, yeah. you can take like steps to become less clutter. And then, mm-hmm. you know, and when you do that, you're just, you're working on personal growth. The first thing you said is it's better for your mental health. And when things are better for your mental health, they're better for your physical health. And then your relationships are better and everything is better. And that's when you are the best creative. Mm-hmm. Um, so the one thing that for me, and I know for a bunch of people, might not be for everybody, but the one thing to declutter more than anything is getting rid of stuff that we don't need. Mm-hmm. Because like... In our culture, especially in American culture, we get bogged down with consumerism. We get bogged down with, like, say, catch capitalism. And everyone just wants to give us stuff. And there just is stuff. Mm -hmm. And, like, especially for those of us who are at home a lot of times and we want to order stuff from the Internet, we get the boxes. The boxes have the bubble wrap 
that just takes up room and everything is just stuff. And so like to declutter, we need to get rid of some of the stuff. I agree. And however it is, whatever stuff that doesn't work for you and like, some of us have amazing capabilities to take stuff and turn it into art. Some of us don't. And a lot of us fall on the spectrum in between. You know, and a lot of us also have the FOMO of like, we have that real fear of missing out of, you know, I'm going to take bubble wrap. I think bubble right. wrap is the perfect example of like, oh my God, if I throw out this bubble wrap, then I will never be able to make the painted bubble wrap background for my mm -hmm. art journal page. Right, right. Bullshit. You will get another package with some bubble yeah. wrap. And if you really want to, you can go out and buy bubble wrap. And honestly, do you really need to make a bubble wrap page? <laughs> and if, you, and if yeah. you do, stop, take five minutes, make the bubble wrap page right now. Or pop all the bubble bubbles. Just de-stress, yeah. pop all the bubbles yeah, and throw out your page. Right. Feel like you got the use out of it. That something in your body is tinging you, mm -hmm. telling you, oh, don't throw this out. You can make use of it. I agree. And I think if it's not an immediate burst of inspiration and you use that immediately, then it's time to go. Because like you said, you can always re-get that supplies. Right. And yeah, another, another big FOMO thing that I want to talk about real quick is... Uh, a lot of creative supplies are not meant to last forever. Like your paint in your tubes mm -hmm. going to dry up. If yeah. you're not using your paint, it's not going to last forever. Yeah. Um, your stickers, the sticky stuff's going to come off. So use your supplies. And again, you know, let's, I want to go back to my three uh, piles. Pile number one. Yes. I love this supply. I definitely want to use it on the projects I'm working on. It should be right in my face. Mm -hmm. Two, you know, this supply is definitely me. I think I want to hold on to it. It's going to go in my six-month storage box. And three, I think this product can go to a better home. I'm going to find a better home for this person. Um, and so I'm going to go over uh, through my supplies over the next couple of weeks, and I'm going to be putting together some de-stash boxes, and I am going to be putting them up for sale. Uh, we'll have a link to that in the show notes. You'll see it on uh, areyoukristen.com. You'll see it on theawesomeladies.com, awesomeladiesproject.com. I've been doing that multiple times. <laughs> I should just also see if theawesomeladies.com is for sale and buy that. Yeah, book. yeah. Just redirect. And, and yeah, I was going to say, just have them direct to each other. <laughs> um, and so I am going to be selling my D-stash boxes slash bags. I don't know what I'm going to put them in yet, but we're just going to call them D-stash boxes, guys. Um, and 50% of the proceeds are going to go to the uh, Time's Up Legal Fund. So um, I love that. Yeah, I want to talk a little bit about that. We don't have a specific National Women's History Month episode planned, so I want to put a little bit of women's history into each of the month, each of the episodes we have this month. And so today I want to talk about the Me Too movement real quick and the Time's Up Legal Defense Fund. So 50% of the proceeds are going to go to the Time's Up Legal Defense Fund, and the other 50% are going to go to helping us pay for podcast funds. Okay, so Me Too, if you haven't heard of the Me Too movement, it is a movement to help bring about the recognition that women get sexually harassed, sexually assaulted, and generally treated like shit um, 
by powerful men who think that they can sexually assault, sexually harass, and use their power to gain control over women's bodies. And get away with it. Right, and get away with it. It um, So the Me Too movement was started by Tarana Burke, who's now writing a book, and you can read more about her. And it was popularized slash, you know, made viral by Alyssa Milano earlier earlier this year or late last mm-hmm. year in 2017. And I'm going to tell a story because we can't talk about Me Too without telling a story. So um, when I was 23, 22, 23, I worked at the census, the United States census. And uh, I got to be, um, you know, I did, I did pretty well. I started out as an office clerk and I got several promotions to where I was uh, in charge of a lot of people who were very much older than me at the time and a lot older than me. So uh, one of my employees, well, I guess he wasn't even my employee. So, um, so the way that the census works is that there are a lot of, uh, everyone's pretty much employed on an eight week interim basis. Because uh, the jobs are so infrequent, you know, that it's because the jobs are so short term, everyone is hired on a contract basis. Everyone is hired super locally because you need to be able to knock on doors. You need to be able to, you know, know your community. You need to be able to uh, be very geographically specific. My job was to be the field supervisor, office supervisor. So I worked in an office. Um, and my job was to supervise the field office supervisors. And in our office, we had, uh, seven field office supervisors and those field office supervisors each had about 20 crew leaders. And those crew leaders each had about 20, uh, people who went knocking on doors. Uh, so one of the crew leaders Uh, I don't remember his name at the time. He was an older gentleman. Uh, I want to say early 70s. Was um, very inappropriate with me. Multiple times. uh, Which I brought to my boss. Who um, was awesome. I loved my boss. She was like my work mom. Uh, Both in... like So this guy was... Just, like, it started out with comments. Um, like, I mean, I was 23. Mm-hmm. And he was 70 gross. Yeah. And so, like, it started out with, like, oh, you know, you're pretty. Oh, you know, you should smile more. Ugh. Oh, you know. I know. That's it, the worst one. <laughs> it's just, it's so gross. Smile more. Like, dude, I'm fucking working 16 hours a day leave me the fuck alone and like i mean you're not even my employee you're my employee's employee so just Mm. shut the fuck up Mm -hmm. sorry okay um yeah no this story has a range of emotions so i apologize in advance for whatever emotions i have but me too you know right okay so um yeah and then like so it's, this started in person because, like, at the beginning, everyone was in meetings together, and I led the trainings, and so he was in the trainings that I led, and, like, he would, like, 
make sure to come up to my my podium at the end and just I'm sure he thought what he was doing was just like friendly and innocuous but like it wasn't mm-hmm. oh like you know oh you would be you know prettier if you did this or oh don't you think uh. like you should do that or like oh that dress looks so nice on you today and just like it was just weird and gross and so like I I I told my boss and she told her boss and then it just kind of got weirder like he would email me and like he would call my phone directly which he had like no business doing because again I was not his boss and I Mm -hmm. was like his boss's boss Mm -hmm. and so he just had no business talking to me period and like he would call my office phone and then like when I wouldn't pick up my office phone because like why would I like that wasn't my job responsibility. Right. He would then call like the head office phone and then ask the secretary to put me put like patch me through patch yeah patch me through. And then I'm like this is not appropriate. Please like not please, this is not just stop. And so mm-hmm. then we you know I went to my boss and I went to we had a meeting with uh her boss and they were like you need to like stop doing this to her this is completely inappropriate. And then we went to uh as it was, you know, the end of the project was winding up and we went to a, like a barbecue for the whole like group that he was in mm-hmm. and the whole area with his boss, all of his colleagues and all of their employees. And he touched my ass. Just like, yeah. I, mm. and then so like, again, obviously nothing was done about it because what the fuck are you going to do? Fire someone from a temporary job? I, but whatever. So, like, as the, there was another, like, four or five weeks going on to the project. I get a phone call. And they're like, so, uh, so-and-so had a stroke. And he obviously can't work anymore. And I'm like, I have no idea what to feel. What do I feel? What, what are my feelings? Mm-hmm. I don't know what my feelings are. Like relief that he's not going to be there, but yeah. But like, I mean, he was a grandfather. He had kids yeah. and he had grandkids, and like that. I mean, I felt, I felt really bad mm-hmm. because that sucks. I mean, that's your grandpa. Like, what are you going to do? But also, like, your grandpa was kind of like a fucking yeah. sexual predator. Right. I I don't know. Like that. It just like don't. I think it's natural for feel all that at the same time. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think you're supposed to. That just sucks. I just, the whole thing sucks. And yeah. And that's not really anything. Like of all the Me Too experiences, that, that one, and like even in my life is not really anything. It's just, I felt like one that we could kind of like relate to and one that has the breadth of emotions and just. Yeah, I don't think. I don't, I don't think any kind of experience like that needs to have judgment of where it falls on the scale. You know, it affected you. That's like the bottom line, I guess, you know, and, and yeah, I mean, I feel like we could have a whole episode on this as well. And just being a woman in the workplace, right. That's how I really relate to it too, because, uh, yeah, I I mean, I'm going to stop there because we could go on and on, but I feel like definitely, I mean, it is a topic and there shouldn't be judgment on how it kind of hits you because 
Yeah. 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 So that's my one one of that is one of my Me Too experiences. And if mm-hmm. you want to help other women out, um, fifty percent of the proceeds from the Dstash boxes are going to go to the Times Up Legal Fund, which helps women get legal representation, especially low income women and uh, women of color. It helps them get legal representation so that when they have problems, uh you know, getting lawyers to represent them in sexual assault cases and sexual harassment cases, um, especially in the workplace, especially um, when they're not, you know, famous actresses, when they're just, you know, regular working women just trying to, you know, get by and make money so that they can go home and take care of their kids or do just, you know, regular everyday life stuff. Um, A lot of companies nowadays are requiring women to sign uh it's called arbitration mm-hmm. and so like what happens is if you go to hr and you file a sexual harassment complaint or uh, any type of complaint instead of going to you know a, a lawyer and saying you know i'd like to sue the company you have to go through arbitration and in most cases the the, the company has so much more power over you as an individual that you are backed into a corner. You have no recourse. And so with like time's up and getting legal representation for these women who have no help other than, you know, their own personal selves, I think will really start to help this conversation be more than just a conversation and, and turn policy and turn the moments we're having into uh into a movement instead of just dialogue um Mm -hmm. so you can learn more about the times up legal defense fund we will put that into the show notes um you can learn more about me too and i mean of course you can always reach out to us we're here we chat we're ladies we live life um and again like we said uh organization declutter making that that space around you feel like you know your space and your sanctuary and the the place that you can go to be the like the best version of your creative self that's that's all part of you know being your best you yeah and like this is the time of year that you're most probably motivated to do it and i think that whole everything you're saying and the whole thing of kind of where this podcast episode kind of took us is that cleaning and organizing your space that you're in 90% of the time ends up being bigger than you and you can make Mm -hmm. it like bigger than you because like for me this year especially like banging it out and getting it done was not just to have a clean space and be more organized it was for like again, like a better mental clarity. Like I needed the better mental clarity for you. Like you were more motivated, like once you're cleaning to do something with that, like always try to make it bigger than just cleaning your space. I mean, that in and of itself is great, but in order to motivate yourself to do it, like there's so many ways you could quote unquote, make it fun or, or make it purposeful. Like Mm -hmm. with your de-stashing, you can try and get that to a better cause you can do something better for your mental health like 
make it a dance party, you know, while Absolutely. you're cleaning. And like, again, just like there's ways you can make it fun. I'll link, I found something on growinguppbilingual.com. That was a blog or whatever when I did research and she listed a few cute ways that you could make just spring cleaning fun or like, I love how you're making it purposeful and like you can make it a family affair. You could have like a kid's fashion show and they try them, their stuff on. Like there's, there's oh, ways that, that you can get creative. Yeah. Or like have it be like a partner bonding day, you know, where you both kind of like clean and chat. I don't know. So there's, yeah, I just feel like that's a, another strategy that you can use to make the cleaning not seem so tedious is just totally. make it a bigger event than yourself. Yeah. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. And I'll link to, I found like a lot of uh, different like 41 organizational hacks and, you know, what you sh the 11 things you should definitely toss. So, yeah, like just other spring cleaning things that I have, I'll link in the show notes. And I love that you're going to link to your D-Stash and where they could purchase that and then the whole Me Too movement. I love it. Perfect. Yeah. So if you have any questions, you can always reach out to us. Um, otherwise, we hope that you have a fantastic week and that you have a lot of ideas for your own organization. If you've already started your organization or your spring cleaning and you have any tips, definitely leave them in the comments on the blog. Um, other listeners definitely want to hear them. Uh, as we said earlier, we've been having so many of the same conversations. All of us have been having the same conversations in our head. So if you have any comments, if you have any ideas, definitely leave them because everyone else is dying to hear them. Uh, thank you yeah. so much for listening. We love you all so much. It has been like just the best listening to you guys and hearing you talk back to us. We have loved the connections we've made so far and we cannot wait to hear more from each and every one of you. It is so awesome chatting with all of you each week. Agreed. And that's a wrap on Season 1 of Crafty Ass Female. We'll see you back here next Monday with the premiere of Season 2 and the debut of the exclusive Patreon supporter Crafty Ass Female After Chatter Show, where we dish on the ins and outs of that week's episode, and supporters get a behind-the-scenes look at Amanda and me putting on the show each week. For more information on becoming a patron and access to our After Chatter Show and additional Patreon community benefits, visit patreon.com slash craftyassfemale. See you next week.